Hello. Welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. As I read the passage of Scripture today, see if you can catch these two things in the text. One is God's will, and the other is the power to do God's will, or what I like to think of as the blueprint and the breath of God. Check it out. Verse 15, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ." So right out of the gate, what Paul is talking about here is the will of God and the blueprint of God that you and I, as we follow Jesus Christ, as we're, quote, mimicking God, we're learning to discern his will in life. He says, again, be careful then how you live. So it's potential that we could live as unwise Christians. So he asks us to live as wise. And then he tells us what that is. Making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. We're not living in a neutral zone. We're swimming upstream to these evil days. And we need to make the most of the opportunities that are in front of us. Therefore, do not be foolish, he says, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The literal here is watch out. I like this word, blepete, you know, just to say the word, blepo, is an interesting word to say, and it means in Greek, watch out, look out. And what we're to be watching out for is all the distractions in life that are going to keep us from missing the will of God. Remember, he called us last week, children of the light. So Paul is continuing with that theme here and saying, watch out, wake up, become who you are. And then he uses the word that we talked about before, peritame, and he's talking about how we walk, how we conduct our lives, or I would say, in our lifestyle, the decisions that we're making in life. To not be foolish, but be wise. Every year, I try to go through the entire book of Proverbs because I find so much wisdom there. And in our society today, ancient wisdom doesn't seem to be a high priority. We're in the moment. What do I feel like? What do I want to do? But there's wisdom to be gleaned throughout the years so we don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Now, there's a term here that I want you to see that is, I think some of you who like to shop are going to enjoy this one. It's found at the front end of verse 16. Making the most of every opportunity. It's a shopping term. Paul is asking us to redeem, to buy, to purchase time. So as you and I go shopping, we, we, maybe you're in the produce section and you're looking over the produce. You don't just willy-nilly pick stuff up unless it's 
prepackaged. You kind of look it over. If you're looking at a watermelon, maybe you get a knock. I remember knocking on some watermelon and uh, the produce guy came by and said, what's the matter? Nobody home? Yeah, we, we kind of sort through things. We're trying to make a good purchase. And that's the term that Paul uses here as we approach life. Make a good purchase with the opportunities. There's bad ones and there's good ones. And we need to be discerning about this. This idea of making the most of every opportunity particularly has to do with how we Use our time with outsiders. The sister verse to this is found in Colossians 4, 5, where Paul actually says, use your opportunities wisely in relationship to outsiders. You and I face these evangelism, these moments of compassion, these moments to express the nature of Christ, mimicking God to our neighbors. And Paul is saying, don't miss them redeem those opportunities. You know, every one of us has the same 24 hours. I wish I could squeeze out 25, 27, 30, uh, but you and I have the same 24 hours a day. So some people just willy-nilly go through life irrespective of what's happening, but others are actually trying to seize the moment, to buy up the moment, to make the best decision with the time that we are allotted. So this is God's call for you and I. Jonathan Edwards, the famous uh, preacher uh, in the great first great awakening there in New England, Massachusetts, uh, he resolved at his 20th birthday to never lose one moment, but to improve it uh, into the most profitable way possible. Now, that may be a little perfectionistic, but we get the idea that why not? It, just as a musician gets better and better at playing their instrument, why not? You and I get better and better as we go through life. We're not mindless. We do have different opportunities that come our way. Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Paul here, just like Romans 12, is asking us to discern the will of God throughout life. Just as we pray the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in life. Paul says, don't be a victim. Decide what you're going to do and choose God's will as you best know it in life. Now we move on to the part that everyone loves to talk about, the filling of the spirit. So Paul says, basically, don't be controlled by the influences of this world, but be controlled or under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The metaphor he uses here is don't be uh, drunk with wine, but you could substitute that. Don't be overcome with greed. Don't be overcome with lust, whatever it is, but let the Holy Spirit be the one who's influencing your life. Already in Ephesians 1.13, he's reminded us that we are marked by the Holy Spirit uh, in 
Ephesians 4.30, he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit whom you were served, sealed rather, for the day of redemption. So now he comes back to the importance of the Holy Spirit. Anybody that's sincere about wanting to mimic God, to walk in the way of love, understands that it cannot be done without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says here, be being filled. It's in the present tense. So you might translate this, be continually filled and controlled by God's spirit. So it's an interesting idea because it's an imperative and an imperative is a command. So Paul is commanding you and I to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But as you and I know, I can't fill myself. Uh, It's God's spirit. It's Jesus who has to fill me. So how do I enact a command that I have no control over? Well, obviously there is some control I have, and that is to position myself in a position to daily open myself up for the infilling and the control of the Holy Spirit to daily say, Lord, come into my life afresh. Fill me with the spirit of Jesus. And so Paul makes this command to you and I. It's fun to think about the Holy Spirit. Remember, he is a person, not neuter it. He is a person. So we intentionally use the personal pronoun. He, but in scripture, oftentimes scripture uses uh, fluid, for example, and asks us to be filled. And so there, Paul, in this context is picturing you as a vessel being filled with the Holy Spirit. In another context, he says, be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And there you and I picture maybe a wave of an ocean or maybe someone taking you down into the water and and now the water is immersing you. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is often described as God in motion. All of these metaphors are helping us to describe this ethereal person who represents God the Father and Jesus to you and I, who actually dwells in us and upon us for power and for relationship. So Paul knows that this is where the crux of the matter is. If you are going to become holy, you need the Holy Spirit. The word holy is often neglected, but it's often the adjective that's attached to the term spirit. He does holify us. He does sanctify us. He does change us. And it's often in relationship to what we already talked about, the will of God, the mind of Christ. These two things, the blueprint and the breath of God go hand in hand. Let me take you back to Romans chapter eight, which really clarifies this whole thing. He says there, uh, do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit, capital S, those who live 
according to the sinful nature, have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those uh, who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. And he ends that whole section to say, live according to God's will. It is the Holy Spirit who helps us live in the mind of Christ according to the will of God, making the most of every opportunity, guiding us in every way. Now, there's a danger here. Let me be clear. What I've noticed over the last 40-some years of pastoring, resourceful people often neglect leaning on the Spirit. Gifted people often neglect the Spirit. Gregarious people, social, friendly people often neglect the Holy Spirit. Wise people who are naturally wise before Christ often aren't leaning on the Holy Spirit. The point is, all of us need to come to the end of our rope and recognize we need, all of us, the Holy Spirit. Now, if you ask me, is there anything I can do by, besides just asking God to freshly fill me every day, I would point you back to the context and I would say, yes, absolutely there is. There are four participles that follow this command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can see them in the text here. The first one is speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The second is singing and making melody in our heart. The third is giving thanks. And the fourth is submitting. These are four ways Paul imagines us living out the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now here's two ways to think about it. On the one hand, if someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to know them as a person who's constantly speaking the word of God in maybe often singing praises to God, often thankful rather than complaining and griping. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to know how to gripe. It takes a godly mimicking person, mimicking God to learn to be thankful in the midst of negativity and the fourth thing we'll talk about next week, which is submitting and serving one another. And let me just briefly look at these, but these are not only fruit of the spirit that be, shows up in our lives, but I believe they loop back around and they help me to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. Just try it out. So you're having a bad day. Start thanking God. Start singing. Start speaking the scriptures to one another and encouraging one another. Start serving someone besides yourself and you'll find that you're priming the pump to be refilled back with the Holy Spirit. And that is what I think Paul is saying here. Now, most modern scholars just think of it as linear that you get filled with the spirit and these are the fruits of the spirit. But the ancient fathers saw it more as a cycle. You look back to Chrysostom and Origen and Jerome and, and they point out that these help me to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. 
I think you can even look to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, that supports this idea where Paul says, the command is, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks. And then he concludes by saying, do not put out the Spirit's fire in your life. The implication is if you are being joyful and praying continually and giving thanks, you are stirring up the fire of the Holy Spirit within you. And even in the Old Testament, going back to 2 Chronicles 5.13, you have the trumpeters, the singers, all joining in unison uh, in front of the temple of the Lord. And after this great praise, the filling of the temple, the Shekinah glory comes in. So Paul being Jewish has to be thinking of this. So speak the word of truth to yourself and to others. I like to tell people that when I'm worshiping, there's two audiences. One is God. He's the obvious one. But the people that are listening to my voice are equally being encouraged. When I'm singing, it's very important. I remember writing my first time in Kathmandu, Nepal, and I was so impressed with these radical Christians who were caught between uh, the Hindu king who was persecuting Christians and the Maoists who were coming over from China. And they were caught right between the two of them. And I wanted to interview them and find out how they're living this radical life. And I noticed they were always humming. They were always singing a song in their heart to the Lord and thanking, thanking the father for everything in every situation. He's sovereign. And I love the fact that he says in every situation, because in the Greek, every means every. Isn't it easy to give thanks for the good things, but to give thanks for God in the tough moments. Remember Psalm 139. If I make my bed in Sheol, even there, your hand is upon me. And then submitting and honoring other people, submitting to, honoring my wife, honoring the people that are my coworkers and honoring those that are around me in my neighborhood. So here you go, folks. Every car that we drive, whether it's a hybrid, an electric, or a combustion engine, we have a battery. And the way the battery works, I haven't a clue as to how it works uh, in, an, in a battery-operated electric car, but I, even an electric battery needs to be recharged with a plug. But in a combustion engine, it's the generator that is recharging the battery as I drive. And if the generator stops working, the battery goes dead. You're like a battery. You need recharging, recharging, recharging. Yeah, you were amazing yesterday. I'll grant you that. But if you're going to mimic God, if you're going to climb, if you're going to live in the way of love, you have to be recharged every day. And here it is, folks. It's served out to you to live in the fullness of the spirit of God. The most radical thing that you and I have as Christians 
is the fact that we believe that Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, climbs inside of you to live his life through you. And it's imperative for this to happen, for us to be daily filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me pray. Father, we pray, submitting ourselves to you, we pray, thanking you, we pray, singing songs to you and and declaring your word, we pray you would freshly fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, more than ever before is a time where the world needs to see Christians not just mimicking the world, but mimicking God. And so climb inside of us, Holy Spirit, and live the life of Christ through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I have thoroughly enjoyed getting into the word of God with you. It's living and it's powerful. And I want this passage particularly to change our lives. So may God now richly fill you and me with the person of the Holy Spirit. May we become mimickers of God in this desperate day. And may we day by day be filled and filled and filled to overflowing as we learn to speak God's word, as we learn to sing and as we learn to give thanks and as we learn to submit to and honor each other. I pray this, this new fresh infilling would be yours and mine today and the days to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.